is Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga, recorded at Halepule on beautiful Kauai. Each month we cover topics that can help you find balance in your life through food, good living, and the eight limbs of Raja Yoga. Learn more at halepule.com. And here's the show. Hello everyone, this is Myra and Kelsey with Holly Pulley's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga podcast. Our annual 200-hour English language yoga and Ayurveda teacher training went so well. This group was enthusiastic and committed to learning how to live a balanced life, and even more so as they experienced the benefits in their minds and bodies throughout the month. There was a great transformation as the students started to see themselves in a new light. When they could see themselves beyond the fears and the limitations of their mind, then they really took huge steps in life. And as typically happens in our events, we touched on some deeply rooted impressions. And a few of the students commented that prior to the training that they felt all put together in their lives and that they had a handle on their emotions. So when the emotions started to come up, some of them were surprised at the intensity. Yes, and we talked with them about the fact that the practices then are working. The yoga practices are designed to root out anything under the surface, anything we've been carrying around that keeps us from alignment with our higher self. The practices are often described as an undoing of the past, which means we can rebuild from a strong spiritual foundation and experience true joy. Two of the students were actually past farmers on Durga Farms. And then another two students stayed to work on the farm for a while, so they're here now. It's nice to see how many people are interested in sustainable, holistic living, as well as growing food. What a blessing for us to be able to offer a harmonizing experience on a variety of levels. We're transitioning into spring now in Hawaii, and we've been enjoying the whales during the winter, and we have about another month before they head north again. All of the animals and nature are great teachers for us. They know when the seasons are changing and make the adjustments that are necessary to keep themselves safe and healthy. We can certainly learn from them. In the past, I knew to change the type of clothing I wore when the seasons changed because that seemed obvious to me, but I had no idea there were other things I could do to take care of myself as the seasons changed, things that have a large effect on how I feel during the transitions and longer term. In my early life, I was quite attuned to the change of season on the outside because I so loved being outside, and it was difficult in the winter when I had to spend so much time inside. And of course, the food did change back then because we only had what was local anyway, and then maybe some canned things here and there. (laughs) But I never thought about the impact of that. I didn't have much connection to how my insides were affected by the outside until I came to Ayurveda. The holistic perspective Ayurveda offers related to seasonal changes is really significant. Things like food, that nature will show us what works best by what's available, and shifting the types of physical activities to maintain the balance of the heating and cooling in the body, or what we call our metabolism. And this includes our asana practice. And then there's something called panchakarma, which is a series of treatments that are prescribed on an individual basis for reversing the disease process and for longevity. 
and it's suggested yearly for everyone and is most powerful at the change of season. Let's address food and asana and then panchakarma. Cleansing is such a popular topic these days and there's so many approaches around that contribute to imbalance and actually lay a foundation for a disease rather than heal it. I'm happy we have the opportunity to share about panchakarma and how different it is from so-called cleanses because I had that in my own experience, doing things that were actually causing harm to me. Mm-hmm. Spring is a transition from vata to kapha season. And also with the weather warming up, agni will reduce as the body is attempting to cool itself down. So as we come into summer particularly, lighter and more easily digested foods will prevent the stagnation of kapha. For example, having cooked carrots rather than sweet potatoes or pumpkin, which are heavier. Yes, and of course, it depends on what's available and appropriate in your locale. Well, I lived in Canada for most of my life where fresh food isn't available until late spring or early summer. And we do have clients who live in cold places as well. Then you do the best you can and as fresh as possible. It's important to stay away from things like tropical fruits because this is confusing for the body to have a tropical fruit in, when the weather is cold, for example. So a slight adjustment works best. And it's good to continue augmenting and extractive at 60% augmenting and 40% extractive so that the body is well nourished during the transition particularly. With the transition of the season, we're not suggesting that you should eat less necessarily. It's just that the type of food should be easy to digest. You mentioned physical activity earlier. Asana is a wonderful tool to keep the body healthy and energetically connected. And when it's practiced with a sattvic approach, it brings balance and harmony to the body and mind. As well as cultivating spiritual connection when it's done as an offering to the divine. Sattvic practice that considers the specific areas of opportunity for each student brings balance and supports our walk on the spiritual path. So where the body is tight is where the energies are stagnant within us. A sattvic practice is our approach at Hale Pule that includes focus on the breath, accepting your starting point, and keeping your attention inside and attuned to how you feel at the moment. Comparing to others or to how you practiced yesterday or forcing the body to places it's not ready to be and holding the breath as you move the body does not cultivate sattva. Given that the goal of yoga is union, then going toward that requires a sattvic approach. Myra, prior to meeting you, I was taught in classes to go to my edge and beyond, and I have a fair amount of pitta, so I definitely did. Not only did I have back and hip pain in my early 20s, I didn't have the progress I do now since I shifted my approach to work two steps before the edge. Working two steps from the edge provides the space to keep your breath steady with an equal inhale and exhale. And it allows your body and mind to feel supported to let go and to progress. Some people think that this means they won't feel challenged and this really isn't the case. People feel more challenged because it requires a deeper level of consciousness which allows you to work deeply inside on the physical level. In a cold winter environment, it's nice to focus on warming poses, such as standing poses, most inversions, and backbends. Holding the poses about 20 moderate to slow breaths creates warmth in the body and helps to keep vata dosha calm. 
As we transition to spring, holding shorter time with 10 breaths to remove excess kapha can be helpful for some people. And more movement, as with Surya Namaskar, the sun salutations, and poses like Vidalasana, the cat pose, would also be helpful for clearing kapha. And Warrior One is a particularly nice standing pose for warming, if it is still cool as the weather transitions. It's so important that we remember why we're doing the practices to set our energy for healthy living, for clearing karmas, so that we can have moksha, so that we can have liberation. Or, and that's not just to transcend the body, but actually to have that sense of freedom in the body. During transitions, we're naturally a little bit more vulnerable. So being aware of this is helpful in checking uh, our attitude and our consciousness in any of the practices. Well, let's take a short break, and when we return, talk about the deep and powerful process of panchakarma. Prana is our life force, our energy. When you understand its essence, you can begin to understand how to utilize it to improve your relationships, your work, and sense of self. In our week-long pranic awakening immersion held on beautiful Kauai, you learn to readily access your intuition and understand the nature of energy in the world. Learn techniques to heal and release pains of the past, old stories and patterns, freeing up physical, spiritual, and mental blocks in the chakras and the aura. Connect with your energy and align your true self to consciously manifest in life and more. We're back. We've been talking about tools for seasonal transition from Ayurveda and yoga. Now, let's dive into Panchakarma. Panchakarma is sometimes described as a cleanse, but it's so much more than that. You know, the term cleanse was not one that was used for Panchakarma until more recently. The idea of cleansing body, mind, and spirit has been around since ancient times. In modern times, we moved away from nature and the natural rhythms of the body. And most of the cleanses that have been more popular since the 1970s are imbalancing to the doshas. Uh, sometimes weaken Agni, and they only remove toxins from the digestive tract. So people may experience some relief shorter term, but the larger symptoms will persist or they'll come back quickly. That stood out to me when I heard it, that other cleanses only remove toxins from the digestive tract, where Panchakarma brings toxins from the deeper tissues into the digestive tract to be expelled. And that removes the cause of imbalance and disease from the root. That made a lot of sense to me and was how I wanted to spend the time that I did set aside to cleanse. And many of the cleansing approaches that I had tried or heard about perpetuated problems such as a dry colon with something like colon therapy or imbalance in the floor of the intestines with something like juice fasting. I even did a cabbage cleanse at one point. Now I understand why Vata was so imbalanced by the time I began to consult with you. Considering the six tastes, a cabbage-predominant program <laughs> would emphasize the astringent taste with maybe a little bit of sweet. Juice fasts often have an excess of sweet and acidity, a lot of sour going into the body. It's important to remember that the extremes are not going to bring balance, and we aren't one-size-fits-all. There are some people who could benefit from a brief fast with juice diluted to 50%. But that isn't where most people are. The six tastes represent the five elements in nature. 
And the balance of those elements is what makes up the doshas and affects how we feel on all levels. So keeping some balance in consideration when we're doing anything, whether it's eating a daily meal or some kind of cleanse or panchakarma, we need to consider that. Even if they take an imbalanced approach, many people claim that they feel better when they do these extreme types of cleanses. When I think back to my experience with cabbage or herbal tincture cleanses, I don't remember feeling remarkably better in my body. I think it was mostly me thinking I was doing the right thing, and so just having a sense of relief for that. I experienced gas and bloating throughout my life, and it did not clear up with the cleanses I did. I still had those issues when I came to Ayurveda. In fact, I'm sure it all increased after the cabbage event. And (laughs) even the herbal tincture cleanse, which involved eating raw food and avoiding grains, I thought was healthy and bringing me to a greater sense of vitality and energy. But really, when I think about it now, weakening Agni and contributing to the Vata imbalance. The important point here is that everything we think and do does matter. It all has an effect of some sort because we are holistic beings and everything is connected. The effect may be obvious right away or it might not show up until later. And if a person is having juice rather than junk food, then of course they will feel better. But an excess of one taste will typically have an imbalancing effect. A primary consideration with anything that we do is the long-term versus the short-term effects, as well as thinking about bringing the balance to our system rather than just fixing something. And I guess that's a notable thing about the panchakarma is that the meals are still balanced with all the tastes. Yes. Well, I used to think of panchakarma as a cleanse, but now I prefer to refer to it as a cleanse and rejuvenation because it does require three steps a preparation, cleanse, and then the rejuvenation. And the balance it brings sets a new course for living. One of the many distinctive points about panchakarma is that it removes the toxins from the deeper tissues of the body, as I mentioned before, and not just what's present in the digestive tract. The preparation and specific treatments are what allow this to happen. That's right. And in order to maximize the process, an attitude of reverence for the healing capacity of the body and the intention to continue to support ourselves with our eating and living in the best possible ways afterward are essential. Then the effects carry on for months afterwards. You know, when I do think back, I did cleanses to clean things up because I was continually making poor food choices or binging and I wanted a quick fix. And there was a period of time when I did a lot of cleanses fairly close together for that reason. And now, thinking about it, I never did feel much better overall. I felt guilty and deprived during the actual cleansing, and my thinking and actions about how to treat myself never changed, always leaving me feeling like I needed to do it again to clean things up. Panchakarma, on the other hand, is powerful and deep, which is why it's suggested for many on a yearly basis. Some people may need it twice yearly for a period of time, However, the idea is that one makes changes in daily life to not need it so often. Not only does Panchakarma reverse the disease process and it corrects imbalance, it also maintains and enhances great health and it increases our longevity. Balancing Agni 
is an important aspect of the process. And this is what keeps us from accumulating toxins in the deeper tissues and is really a necessary aspect of true health. And that's where the importance of having the balanced meals of the tastes comes in as well throughout the whole process. Right. Yeah. And so as you mentioned, Panchakarma has three phases. There's a preparation, the actual treatments, and then the rejuvenation. And all are critical to the success of the process. Pancha means five, and karma in this context means treatments. There are five treatments considered part of Panchakarma, but not everyone has all five treatments. Each person has the appropriate treatments for them at that point in time as prescribed by the practitioner. And the points that are considered in this decision are the imbalance of the doshas, the presence of any disease, the condition of agni, the digestive fire, the overall condition of the individual, including mental and spiritual health, as well as the physical, the age of the person, and the length of time available for treatment and the season of the year. What has been your personal experience with Panchakarma? When I had my first Panchakarma, it felt like a difficult process, but so deep and profound. I was amazed that it could be like that. I had never really experienced anything like it, and I had done every kind of cleanse heard of in the West at that time. <laughs> the impact was profound, and the incredible part was how it continued to work in me for months afterwards. It was something like getting a new coat. Mm. You went to India last year for Panchakarma, and when you came back, a few people asked if you had co-planned your treatments. When you said no, they were quite surprised. You know, when I stay here in Hawaii for Panchakarma, I plan my own treatments with great success. However, the value of working with a practitioner is that you can gain outside perspective and ensure that you don't let imbalance rule your choices. I've been working with our intuitive energy practice tools daily for over 26 years now. So in many ways, I'm not as subject to letting imbalance and compulsions dictate my choices as I once was. However, we all need an outside perspective to see our deepest opportunities on all levels, spiritually as well as physically and emotionally. I trust the experience and guidance of the Ayurvedic doctors where I had Panchakarma at Vajagram. I do appreciate that Panchakarma is suggested to be done only with the guidance of an experienced practitioner. As I mentioned, I did many cleanses to attempt to make up for my poor choices. I would follow the online or box instructions as best I could with the tools I had which weren't very good. And without guidance in the process, I ate and did things that were just not appropriate for my body going through an intensive cleanse. And what I loved about my first Panchakarma was the clear instructions of how to go through the process, to have someone available to answer my questions as they came up, and the guidance on how to function after the process. And as emotions came up, I had assistance in dealing with them. And it saved me a lot of falling off the wagon that I experienced in past attempts. Rather than being depleted afterwards from poor eating, with Panchakarma I felt rejuvenated and inspired to keep making changes for better health. When I learned of Panchakarma, I decided that I would do it yearly for maintenance of health and longevity. And after two years in a row, the changes in my tongue from calming the doshas and removing the toxins are remarkable. I had significant patches on my tongue related to problems in the intestines that are now gone. 
the strength of my agony is also greatly improved and I, I have stopped feeling the need to race through life and that is a great, great gift. You know, it's all a process and three to six weeks is an ideal time frame depending on the individual. You know, people can come to visit us to heal on Kauai for Panchakarma or for dosha balancing treatments for a shorter period or longer period. Seeing clients come to Hawaii and relax into nature's rhythms and improve health is so fun and rewarding. We also offer guidance in a mini home Panchakarma that can be done in 10 days with great results. Myra, what inspired you to offer the home version? I wanted to be able to offer people a step up in their well-being as I had experienced. When I first did Panchakarma, I had nagging remnants of ailments from the past. And not only were those things removed, but my whole level of being was elevated. And I, many people can't take three to six weeks away from daily life. So the 10 days of our home version is a great place to start. Yes. You know, with proper guidance, a lot can be accomplished in a sustainable and healthy way. I love these groups and hearing how clients transform. They often report the compliments that they receive from those around them, that their eyes are bright and their skin is clear and their hair looks silky, <laughs> and I can go on and on. Yeah. We even have a client who was so inspired by her Panchakarma experience that she's gone on to pursue her Ayurvedic Health Counselor certification with our 400-hour program. You know, Ayurveda is such an amazing gift to all of us, and I really feel privileged to be able to offer a holistic solution that reconnects us with nature and with our higher self. It really is amazing that Ayurveda offers us these tools to truly elevate our quality of life. And for us to be able to offer guidance and treatments that support our clients in working toward that. I wanted to touch once more on a subject we discussed earlier because it's so important. So often people seem to think they need to cleanse, and I have that thinking in quotes, you know, or that this is going to correct all the poor behaviors of the past. Approaching Panchakarma as a reversal of disease and a step to support longevity is really most beneficial. It is designed for the individual's needs at the time, and one of the things that it includes is rest real rest so that deep cellular changes can take place. So let's talk about what real rest is sometime in the future. That sounds great. It's something I didn't learn until I came to Halepule and that I also didn't incorporate into other cleansing programs that I had done. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for all for joining us. And if you'd like to work with us to determine the best approach for your balance, we offer consultations in person and by phone, Skype, or FaceTime. Aloha. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga. Don't forget, if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, just submit your question on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag AskHaleePule. That's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E. And if you want to go deeper on your own path toward health, book a consultation at hollypule.com. In Ayurveda, we understand that we each have a unique constitution.
Halipoli's tridoshic approach is ideal for families and supports multiple constitutions. You can cultivate sattva in cooking, knowing that you're making meals that support everyone's constitution. Subtle adjustments may be required, but it doesn't need to be a stress point. To learn our tridoshic approach to create nourishing meals, join simple Ayurvedic cooking with Halipuli. The recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.